Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. We are thankful tonight, oh Jesus. Lord, this gathering is not unto any man, but it's unto you, Jesus. We give you glory. Lord, let us set ourselves aside that you will have your way in this place tonight. Lord, this gathering is not unto any man, but it's unto you, oh Jesus. You are the reason why we are here. It's not about anything else. It's not about us, but it's about you, Jesus. We give you glory and we give you honor. Speak to our hearts tonight. Holy Spirit, have your way tonight amongst us. We thank you for your presence. We give you glory and we give you honor. In Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, come on. Somebody clap for Jesus. Clap for Jesus. Hallelujah. And you may be seated. Amen. Are you happy to be here? I want to ask one more time. Are you excited to be here? Ask your neighbor, are you excited to be here? Ask your neighbor, so who did you tell about this excitement? Ask your neighbor, do you keep excitement to yourself? Amen. Hallelujah. Patrick, it's good to see you. Amen. Yes. You see, when we are excited about things, we, we share with people. When we come across something that excites us, we can't keep it to ourselves. That is what excitement means. You can't be still. You can't keep it to yourself. But you want to share it. You can't wait to broadcast it. You can't wait to tell another person. That is what shows you are excited about something. Amen. And so when we ask you, are you excited? And you say you are excited, it must show also that you are excited to be in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you, do you understand what I'm sharing? Yes. You see, we say we are excited about being here, you know, but you see, our attitude and our behavior do not show that we are excited. You know, so our coming to church sort of becomes a routine. It becomes a routine and our routine way of doing things 
must not be mistaken for us being with God. Hallelujah. When you are doing things, you see, you get to a point where sometimes you are even tired. Do you understand? You feel like you are not, you, you don't even want to come for Tuesday service. You just have, you have just, ma- just put it on your schedule, ah, Tuesday, yeah. You know, I'll go for Tuesday service and fulfill all righteousness. Amen. Amen. But we ought to know God. In our effort, in all the things that we are doing, we ought to acknowledge God and to know God. Hallelujah. Tonight, I want to share with you the importance of knowing God. The importance of knowing God. Hallelujah. You see, we get into our routine and we come and we go It's Tuesday service. We will come again. We will have a prayer session and then a praise and worship session. And then we will take offerings. The preacher will come and say, we are going to share the word of God for a short time. You see, I memorize all of that. You know what I'm going to say. And then you wait and say, let's hear today what he's going to say. And then when we're done, let's take our offerings, let's give, pay our tithe, let's unpack, and let's chat a little bit outside. And then we go home. And then we will come again next week. Do you understand? It becomes so routine. And in that effort, or when we are doing that, when we are involved in the routine, we think we know God and God knows us. Amen. Amen. And we don't make any effort to know God. But we ought to know God. And God ought to know us. God must know us. Hallelujah. God must know us. Amen. By our constant coming and going, we get to a place where we think that is the form of knowing God. This is how we will know God. And that God is aware of our presence here. God knows us very well. How many of you feel that God knows you very well? Because you come here all the time. You come to his house all the time. How can someone say, I don't know you, and you have been coming to his house all day? I've been playing with your children all the time. And we sing that, I'm a friend of God. And you say, he knows my name. How do you know? How do you know? You say, he knows your name. How do you know? We sing, we sing that. And then we get, he knows my name. He knows. And even the thing, the thing that you are thinking about, you say he knows. That means that God knows your inside out. Because we come and we go. How can he not know us? Amen. Amen. That because we do so much for him, we think he knows us. That because we work so hard for him, 
we assume that he knows us. You see, that kind of thing, it works in the world. That behavior and that thought, it works in the world. Your boss knows you very well because you are a hard-working person. Your boss knows you very well because he knows that you are always on time. And you leave very late. You stay, in, you stay on the job for a long time and you leave very late. So your boss knows you very well. And we bring the same attitude to the church. The pastor knows you very well because you do things. You do things very well, and so the pastor knows you very well. But God is looking for more than that. God is looking for more than someone who does a lot of things. God is looking for more than someone who works very hard. God is looking for someone who works very well. He's looking for more than someone who works very well. Amen. You see, one of the purposes of prayer, one of the purposes of prayer is to create a means whereby we can have an exchange with God. That is one of the reasons we pray. That we can have an exchange with God. That we can talk to God. And the more you talk to a person, the more you get to know the person. And the person will get to know you. Now you realize that... um, If you are in a group, if you are in a group and you meet a person always in a group, you will never get to know that person very well. If we always meet as a group and we are chatting and we are talking, you will never get to know the person very well. A lot of people, they they place guards or they put on their guards when they are in a group. A lot of people take a lot of caution when they are in a group. But if you want to know someone very well, you have to be with that person alone. You have to be with that person alone. Most of you have beloveds and you want to be with your beloved alone. Amen. Because you know if you want to know your beloved very well, with, his, with her friends or with his friends and constantly together in a group in the church, you will never get to know her well. Isn't that so? That is how you will get to know someone. Amen. That is why you like to spend a lot of private time with your beloved. You like to spend a lot of time talking You want to meet, you want to talk on the phone, wherever you are, you want to connect. You are constantly in communication because you want always to be with the person. Some of you may forget your phones at home, but you know your beloved will call you. So you're on the train, you will get off the next stop and come back to get your phone. So you will not miss a phone call from your beloved. Amen. Isn't that so? That is what we do. That is what we do. We don't want to miss a phone call from someone that we are trying to know. You say, I am getting, we are getting to know each other. Isn't that what we say? We are getting to know each other. And so you spend a lot of time with such a person. Private time, one-on-one. All times. 
You wake up in the middle of the night and you are going to the bathroom. You want to make sure you didn't miss a call from your beloved. And then you press your phone to see. Just, and then you see all the other people. Oh, And then you scroll through to see there was one from your beloved. Isn't that so? But God also says that you are his beloved. In the Psalms of Solomon, chapter 6 and verse 3, he says that you are his beloved. And he is your beloved. Hallelujah. Amen. And so God desires that you will know him. And that he will know you. God must know us. God must know you. Hallelujah. You must know God. Amen. Amen. Tell your neighbor, you must know God. And God must know you. Amen. It is very important. Whatever you do, whatever thing you do with God or you do for God, whatever you do about God, the goal must be that he knows you. The goal must be that you know him and that he knows you and that he is aware of what you are doing for him. He should know. He must know. Amen. So when you are working in the house of God, whether you are lifting a chair, let God be aware. Lord, I am lifting a chair in your house. He must know. He must, he ought to take attention. Pay attention to that. As you are coming to church, let him know that you are coming to his house. He must know. He must be aware of this. It should not be overlooked. He cannot overlook this. It's important. Very important. When you are sweeping in the house of God, you are sweeping, Lord, take note of what I'm doing. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? But you see, a lot of times, we want people to take note and not God. We want others to take note and not God. We share the word of God when people are there. When we meet as Evangelist, evangelistic team. Amen. We pray when we are together. But when you are coming, when you are coming to church, let the Lord know that I'm coming to your house. When you enter here and you have to arrange, you have to do something, let him be aware that I am doing this for you. It is for you. I am Lord, take note that I, I am putting these flowers because of you. I am sinking because of you. I am doing this because of you. Let him know. It's important. Let your mind be on as you are as you are doing things you are taking the offerings. Lord, look for that. You see you are this no one sees. This attention that you are drawing, no one sees. That is how we serve God from our heart. That is how you get to know God. In all that you are doing, in everything that you are doing, I say it is important. Let him know that you are doing things for him. Talk to him constantly. Let him know that you are cleaning for him. Let him know that you are projecting for him. Let him know that you are fixing the microphone for him so that his people will hear his word properly. Amen. 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 Not that the pastor will be happy. And I tell you, if God is happy, everyone else will be happy. 
The Bible says it's not an author of confusion. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So it is very important that we draw God's attention to what we are doing for him. It is very important. Amen. Amen. The Bible says, whether we eat or drink, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse, I believe, 31, whether we eat or drink, or whatsoever thing we do, do all to the glory of God. Whatever we are doing, we must do all to the glory of God. Everything we are doing, to the glory of God. Amen. I say it's important that God is aware, that God knows. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21. It says, Not everyone that saith, you see, some people, but not everyone, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Not everyone. There are many people who are saying, Lord, Lord, but not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. And we will tell you, I will tell you about the will of the Father in the end of the message. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. The next verse, he says, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? See, the preacher will come and say, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? Did I not prophesy in your name? And in thy name have cast out devils. And in thy name done many wonderful works. Many wonderful works. In thy name I have prophesied. In thy name I have cast out devils. And in thy name I have done many wonderful works. Now when you see someone who has done this, wouldn't you say that the person knows God and God knows such a person and that God is with him? Verse 23, he says, and then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. I never knew you. What a shock. He says, I never knew you. He says, the previous verse, it says, 22, many will say to me in that day, in that day, it will be very wild. There will be a lot of surprises. In that day, you will see preachers who come before the Lord. Preachers. Anointed preachers. Powerful preachers. Preachers who have done many wonderful works. Christians who have done many wonderful works. Christians who did a lot of wonderful works in the house of God. He says, many will come to me and say, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. 
many wonderful works. And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. I never knew you. All these years, I never knew you. Sister Gladys, it will be wild. It will be a big surprise and a big shock. He says, I never knew you. Depart from me. Ye that work iniquity. What a shock. Ye that work iniquity. Depart from me. Hallelujah. He says, I never knew you. And they did many wonderful works in his name. Amen. I never knew you. Jesus says, many will call him Lord, Lord. And he'll say, I never knew you. They are trying to remind him of the many wonderful works, of the many prophecies. They are trying to remind him of the many good works, of the several attendance to his services. Never miss a Sunday, never miss a Tuesday, never miss a Friday, never miss prayer meetings, never miss anything, never miss Wednesdays. I'm constantly there. And then he says, I never knew you. Hallelujah. And they did wonderful works in his name. See, because one of the things that you have to know is that the name of Jesus is a very powerful name. It is a very powerful name. And the Bible says, anyone that calls upon his name, anyone, regardless of who it is, if you call upon his name, you can do wonderful works. If you call upon his name and you believe in that name, you can do wonderful works. Anyone. That is what the Bible says. Amen. Amen. One time, some people were using Jesus' name to do things, and the disciples were not happy about that. But you see, the Bible says that there is so much power in that name that you can prophesy, and your prophecies will come to pass. He said, did we not prophesy? And then, in thy name, we cast out devils. You can cast out devils in the name of Jesus. It's not a problem. You can cast out devils. Amen. So many people can use his name to do wonderful works. But they may not necessarily know him. And he may not necessarily know them. He does not need to know you in order for his name to work for you. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? He does not need to know you in order for his name to work for you. You can pray and believe and ask and it will be done for you. And he still didn't know you. And so they were surprised that they prayed and People were falling down and demons were getting out of people. They were being healed and they came and then he says, I didn't know you. What a shock. What are you saying? Jesus, what are you talking about? You were with me. I was casting out these devils. He says, I did not know you. I did not know you. Amen. So when we do difficult things for God, let us not assume that it is, he is happy with us 
and that he knows us. When we are doing wonderful works for God, when we are staying long hours in church, when we are praying for long hours, when we are attending weekday services, let us not assume that because all the people did not come and we are the ones that are always here, God knows us very well. Let us not make that assumption. Amen. He says he never knew us. Hallelujah. Because our regular attendance, sometimes it will make us feel that God is really familiar with us. We are always here. How can you say you didn't know us? We are always in your house. We, in fact, we are the ones that clean your house. We are the ones that decorate your house. We are the ones when the, all the mess is done and the people are gone, we are the ones that stay behind and clean the place. How can you say you didn't know us? And he says, I never knew you. I never knew you. Hallelujah. I never knew you. Isaiah, let's read a scripture in Isaiah chapter 1. Isaiah chapter 1. Verse 10. Can we read from the message version, please? Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 10. It says, Listen to my message, you Sodom schooled leaders. <laughs> wow. I don't know about Sodom schooled leaders. You went to school in Sodom <laughs> and graduated. <laughs> Receive God's revelation, you Gomorrah-schooled people. (laughs) Wow. Primary school and secondary school, university, all in Sodom, and then you say you moved forward, so you went to Gomorrah, and you graduated in Gomorrah. What a shock. Verse 11. It says, why this frenzy of sacrifices? You see, your presence here is a sacrifice. You could have been sleeping. You could, you could be working for extra money. It's a sacrifice, Kwame. Sheila, look at you. It's a sacrifice to be here. Are you not tired? Yes. You are not tired? Yes. When we come, someone was telling me, my eyes are burning. I said, it's a sacrifice. You are sacrificing. Amen. He says, why this frenzy of sacrifices? God is asking. Don't you think I've had my fill of burnt sacrifices? He says, don't you think I'm full of these burnt sacrifices? I'm full of them. Rams and plump, grain-fed calves. Don't you think I've had my fill of blood from bulls, lambs, and goats? I've had my fill. Verse 12, he says, when you come before me, whoever gave you the idea of acting like this? Whoever gave you that idea of acting like this? Running here and there, doing this and that? Busy getting this, connecting this, making sure these speakers are working, running here and there, busy doing this and that? He said, who asked you to behave? Who asked you? To, to, who gave you the idea of acting like this? All this sheer commotion in the place provided for worship. 
all this here commotion, hey, put these flowers here, hey, draw this chair here, bring this here, all this commotion. All this commotion in the place of worship. He said, who gave you the idea? Who gave you this idea that this is what I want? Who gave you the idea? The next verse. Quit your worship carades. I can't stand your trivial religious games. I can't stand it. Monthly conferences. Turning point services. Monthly shepherds meetings. Root camps. Yearly root camps. Yearly camp meetings. Open heavens prayer meetings. Weekly Sabbath, Sunday after Sunday, we are here. Special meetings after Sunday, we are having a shepherd special meeting. The choir is having a special meeting. Special meetings, 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 meetings. I can't stand one more. I can't stand it. That is what the Lord is saying. Meetings, meetings, meetings. I can't stand one more of it. Say, who gave you ideas? Who gave you the ideas? The previous verse, verse 12. It says, meeting for, verse 12. You don't like my message. <laughs> I didn't write the Bible. It says, when you come before me, who ever gave you the idea of acting like this? Running here and there, doing this and that. All this sheer commotion in the place of worship. The next verse, quit your worship carades. I can't stand your trivial religious games. And look at what he calls trivial religious games. Our meetings. Our Sunday meetings. Our Tuesday meetings. Shepherds meetings. Choristers rehearsals. Women's meetings. Men's meetings. Area fellowship meetings. He says, who gave you the idea? Your trivial religious games, monthly conferences, weekly Sabbaths, special meetings. Don't we have special meetings? <laughs> meetings, meetings, meetings. I can't stand one more. Verse 14. He says, meetings for this, meeting for that. <laughs> Wow. We are reading the Bible. Meeting for this, meetings for that. I hate them. I hate them. You've worn me out. You've worn me out. I am sick of your religion, religion, religion. Why you go right on sinning? Verse 15, when you put on your next prayer performance. <laughs> wow. Wow. We are laughing. I hope we are, we are learning something. You see, this is what we do. This is what we do. This is what we do. We, I'm preaching a very practical message to you. Very practical message. When you put on your next prayer performance, what are some of our prayer performance? 
we put our face down, we face the wall, we are crying, and we are going, shabere, When we put up your, your, your next prayer performance, I will be looking the other way. I will be looking the other way. No matter how long or how loud or often you pray, no matter how long you pray, no matter how loud you pray, no matter how often you pray, I will not be listening. Johnson, isn't that scary? And do you know why? Because you've been tearing people to pieces and your hands are bloody. Amen. Sometimes we tear people to pieces and we come and then we are praying. In the car, we are tearing people to pieces. Even sometimes in the pastor, we are tearing the pastor to pieces. And then we are coming. Amen. He said, who has required this of you? Who has required this of you? Hallelujah. But you see, when we are doing difficult things for the Lord, when we are doing things that people are not able to do, People are not able to come, but we come. We feel that the Lord is hearing us. He says, when you put up such performance, I will look the other way. I will not be listening. I will not be listening. I will not be listening. Amen. When we are doing hard things, we think that God is with us. When we are fasting, we think that we are so spiritual. We are in the spirit. And that God is really with us. Amen. You see, fasting is one means, fasting is one of the means that is designed, is set aside for us to sort of forego one of the world's most pleasurable things. You know, one of the world's, the world, one of the most pleasurable things that we do is eating. Do you understand? We love to eat. Oh, come on. I'm the only one. We love to eat. You see, it is one pleasurable thing in the world that we enjoy. And so we intentionally set it aside that we deprive ourselves of pleasure. We deprive ourselves of this worldly pleasure so we can be with the Lord. That, you see, once, when you take a pleasurable thing out of your life, you cannot overlook it. You cannot forgo it. How many of you will be fasting and then you forget that you are fasting? You are very conscious of the fact that you are fasting. And you can't wait for the time to come that you will end the fast. Amen. And so when we are fasting, we, the, the, it's supposed to be a time that we will be so conscious of God. That each time it reminds us of we have not eaten, it should remind us of God. And it's the moment that we should spend the most time with God. Hallelujah. But listen to what God says about our fasting. Isaiah chapter 58. Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58. It says, Cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgression, 
and the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinances of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching to God. Wherefore, have we fasted, say they. This is what we say. How many of you have fasted and prayed about something and you never received it? And you wondered. You fasted and prayed and you didn't receive it. And you wondered. And it's, not, it's, it's a long time ago. It's been a while. You say, wherefore have we fasted, say they, and thou seest not? How come we have fasted, but you don't seem to acknowledge it? How come we have fasted and you, have, you, are not, you don't seem to see it? He said, wherefore have we afflicted our souls, and thou takest no knowledge? How come, Lord, that we have, we have fasted and afflicted our souls? You see, and that is what we do. We afflict our souls when we fast. We afflict our emotions. They are all afflicted. Some of you, when you are fasting, we can't even look at you. You are easily irritated. You are angry as if someone is doing something wrong to you. You don't even want to talk. You are so quiet. You are conserving energy. You don't want to talk. When someone crosses you and someone brings his issue with you, you say, you are lucky we are fasting. You are lucky that we are fasting. You wait until the fasting is over. Isn't that what we do? Sometimes we don't say that outwardly. You say, this person has wronged me the wrong time. He doesn't know. This is the wrong time. You are so lucky. And we are saying it. As someone is irritating you at a job, you are saying it. It's the wrong timing. You, you, you don't, you. Wait until Wednesday. Amen. He said, you should have tried this on Saturday. You should have tried this on Saturday. He says, we are... We say, we have afflicted our souls, and thou takest no knowledge. Behold, in the day of your fast, ye find pleasure and exact all your labors. He says, in the day that you are fasting, you find pleasure. You do all the things that you do, pleasurable things. You are just afflicting your souls, just not eating. But all the pleasurable things you are doing. Funny conversations, you are involved in them. They are laughing and chatting and silly conversations, you are involved in them. Funny videos, they are sending you and you are also watching them. the day of, of your fasting. He says, you say, you say, you behold, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure. You find pleasure. You find pleasure. You are WhatsApping all day. WhatsApping and sending messages, videos, and laughing. You watch your TV show the same way. You sit by CNN the same Pleasurable things. You relax and pleasurable. You, the same pleasure like any other day. Amen. Like any other day. 
It's no ordinary. You are fasting. You say, this is the day that I have set aside my pleasure. I have set aside the pleasure of the world so that I can meditate on the Lord to get to know him and then he will know me. But he says, even that day that you have chosen to fast, you are involved in all your pleasures. You have sex the same way. Same way. The day of your fast. Amen. You see, I didn't say anything wrong. I'm talking about pleasures. Pleasure. I'm talking about pleasure. Amen. I'm talking about pleasure. And when the fast is over, you eat pleasurably, pleasurable food. You, the day of your fast, pleasure, you are involved in pleasure. The day of your fast, you are watching Nigerian movies. The day of your fast, you are, you are doing all kinds of things that will give you pleasure on the day of your fast. And he says, and you exact all your labors. You go to work the same way. The day of your fast, nothing special about God. Nothing, involved, nothing special. You wake up the same time you wake up ordinary to take shower, wear your clothes, dress up, and go to work the same way. You exact all your labors. The same way. Nothing for a moment for the Lord. Nothing. Nothing special on that day. Nothing special. And you said, I am fasting. I am fasting. Facebooking. Facebook. The day of your fast. The day of your fast. You are on Facebook. Pleasure. What's happening? Twitter. Snapchat. On the day of your fast. Next verse. It says, Behold, ye fast for strife and debate. On the day of your fasting, you are fighting. You are fighting with people. On the day of your fast, ye fast for strife and debate, arguing. On the day of your fast. Jennifer, we are reading the word of God. It says, Ye strive and debate. Someone crosses you, you are not giving. Listen. On the day of your fast, he says, and to smite with the fist of wickedness. On the day of your fast, you're beating your wife the same way you have been beating her. On the day of your fast. On the day of your fast, smite with the fist of wickedness. Your, sometimes it's not smite, but your lip of wickedness. The day of your fast, you insult. And then you remember, you, you, you are lucky we are fasting. <laughs> you, are, you are lucky we are fasting. You are lucky we are fasting. You see what I would have. The things that I want to say to you, you are lucky we are fasting. I can't say them now. <laughs> you see, on the day of our fast, He says, ye shall not fast as ye do this day to make your voice to be heard on high. You cannot fast as you are fasting this, this kind of fasting and make your voice be heard on high. That the Lord will hear your voice. I cannot hear you. If this is how you are fasting and waiting on me, I cannot hear you. 
Nothing special on that day. You are nothing special for the Lord. You are not doing anything special for the Lord. Amen. The next verse. It says, is it such a fast that I have chosen? A day for a man to afflict his soul? That is so. You see, you are doing everything. The only thing you are not doing is not eating. That is the only thing you are not doing. The only thing you are not doing is not eating. And so you see, in our routine, in our routine, Thursday we say, we are, oh, they send a message. So, sometimes Thursday the message comes, you are just about to, hey, and then they sent a message that we are fasting. There was no plan, nothing special on that day for the Lord. You know, it was it's just an ordinary day. And they just sent a message to remind you, put the food down. And then go about all your pleasurable things again. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing? Since you exert all your labors. You exert all your labors, all your pleasure, useless socializing. The f- silly jokes at work, you are also part of it. You are laughing. On the day of your fast. Amen. On the day of your fast. Hallelujah. On the day of your fast. It says, a day for a man to afflict his soul, is it to bow down his head as a bulrush? Is it just for you to just walk around with your head down, looking sad and looking miserable? Your lips are dry. And then they, you, did, you don't do your hair on that day, you know, because you are fighting, you are fasting, and then you no makeup on because you are fasting. And then when they see you, oh, what is wrong with you? Hmm. <laughs> you are fasting, no. <laughs> what is wrong? Hmm. We are fasting. You see, we, we are, this is like, it's like a big trouble. They say, today is, have you forgotten? Today is Thursday. You see, and then it falls in a routine. Thursday, so you are depriving yourself of food. Tuesdays, you are depriving yourself of food. That's all. Amen. And spread sackcloth and ashes under him. You just put on the show of misery, the show that you are fasting. Sometimes you are at work and then the people are, they are they, there's free food, free for all. And then you come and, why are you not eating? <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. You, see, you are looking so sad. Are you sick? Is something wrong with you? Nothing is wrong with me. You are looking so sad. What is wrong with you? Nothing is wrong with me. You, see, you are saying that something is wrong with you, but you can't say it. And then they ask you, is it the church thing again? Hmm. <laughs> is it the church, church thing again? Oh, this church thing. Hmm. <laughs> and then, 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 then they say, okay, we reserve this for you. You say, okay, let me see. And then you, <laughs> you want to... <laughs> You want to see, what did you take for me? You, you want to see. And then you say, ah. <laughs> but I heard there was some samosa. 
<laughs> what, was, what did you <laughs> On the day of your fast, may I like samosa? That's why I'm talking. I don't know about you. Amen. I heard the meat pie was very good, but <laughs> you didn't save some for me. You didn't save some for me. Ah. <laughs> one, add one. Too much rice, too much rice. More beans. More beans, more beans. Add a little more beans. Add a little more beans. On the day of our fast. Amen. And then you tell them, put it in the fridge and write my name on it. You see, you, you are not touching it. You, you didn't touch the food. I didn't come there. Put in the fridge and just write my name on it. Oh, can I have a testimony? Is someone, oh, you are making it look like um, after six. And then it comes, the time comes. It's five o'clock. Five o'clock. And then, you see, you are not praying. There's nothing about God. All your pleasurable things. All your pleasurable things. And then when it comes to five o'clock, oh, but then the hour looks so long for you. And then you are typing your things, you are doing your things, you look, hey, five ten. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. You are surprised that ah, all this time is only five ten. Amen. And the day of your fasting, even when you are praying, you are so easily distracted. So easily distracted. When you are praying, that is a time that you are so sensitive to other things. When you are praying, that is a time that you remember, hey, I was supposed to do this. When you are praying, that is a time that you remember, oh, I was supposed to do that. When you are praying, it, it, there's nothing special for God. Nothing special for God. Even if that day we are praying, you, 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 your phone is down. You are fasting. And then you are just preparing your food for, quickly just preparing your food for 6 p.m. So you keep watching the time. Keep watching the time. Then you look, hey, 5.30. And then gradually it gets to 5.55. And then you take your thing. And then 5.55, you put in the microwave. 5.54, you know you need three minutes to warm the thing. So 5.57, you turn on the microwave for three minutes. And then three minutes, this is your timer to end the fast. And then at that time, you start praying. You start praying. That's the time that you start praying to end your fast. And then 6 p.m., 
You take your phone. 6 p.m., you call church members, they don't answer their phone. But there's food in their mouths. They can't answer the phone. Food in their mouth. All of you, 6 p.m., food in your mouth. 6 p.m., everyone, food in your mouth. 6 p.m. He says, will thou call this a fast? Do you call this a fast? An acceptable day, an acceptable day to the Lord. The fasting day is supposed to be an acceptable day to the Lord. Do you call this a fast? He says, when you pray, I will not listen. When you are doing this and you pray, I will not listen. No wonder we will pray and we will fast and do all kinds of things. And then we come and he says, I did not know you. I did not know you. All that you were doing, there was nothing special. But we must know God. I said we must know God. And God must know us. He must know us. Hallelujah. Amen. Our last scripture, Jeremiah chapter 9. And verse 23. Jeremiah chapter 9 and verse 23. That saith the Lord. Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches. But let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me. If anyone will glory in anything, if you will glory in fasting, if you glory in doing the work of God, if you glory in preaching the word of God, if you will glory that you preach powerful messages, if you glory that you pray for people and they are healed, if you glory that you cast out devils and they are cast out, if you glory that you prophesy and it comes to pass, let that person glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me. That I am the Lord which exercise loving kindness. I am the Lord which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. In these things, that is what I delight. This is the will of God. That in whatsoever thing you do, you do to the glory of God. That whatever you glory in, whatever makes you feel spiritual, that you are a prayerful person, that you sing well, that you can dance before the Lord, that you can play an instrument for the Lord, that you can record a message for the Lord, that you can preach the word of God. Do this, that you understand God and you know him. And you know him. Let's read the NIV, from the NIV. He says, this is what the Lord says. Let not the wise man boast of his wisdom, or the strong man boast of his strength, or the rich man boast of his, rich, of, of his riches. But let him who boasts, boast about this, that he understands and knows me. That he understands and knows me. Beloved, we must know God. We must know God. 
We must know God. We must understand him. We must know God. We must not delight in his acts, but that we know his ways, that we understand him. He says, let him glory. Glory, you are singing to the Lord. You sing solo and the people are praising you and the people are clapping for you but, and you are glorying. Let that person glory in this, that he knows God. Glory in the fact that you know God. Hallelujah. He says, let him that glory, glory in this. Let him who boasts, boast about this, that he understands and knows me. That I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on the earth. For in this I delight, declares the Lord. In this I delight. The Lord takes delight in when you are doing things to know him. When you are doing things to understand him. That you know him, he says, in this I delight. So many people will come and say, Lord, Lord, I prophesied in your name. I prayed powerful prayers. I cast out devils in your name. I did many wonderful works in your name. Many wonderful works in your name. And then he says, I knew you not. I did not know you. But whatever we're doing, may we do it that God will know us. May we do it that God will know us. That we come here Tuesdays after work. We are tired and we are coming here and sitting here and listening, dancing and singing and praying and listening to his word. May we do it that he knows us. That he takes notice of us. Hallelujah. That he acknowledges us. That we are not doing this in vain. We are not doing this to please any man. We are not doing this because the pastor will know that I was there. Let it not be your heart. Let it not be your mind. That the pastor knew that I was there. That the, the people knew that I was there. That they knew that I was in a choir rehearsal. That, that I would be able to sing on Sunday. That is why I come for the rehearsals. No. He says, I'm tired of these meetings. Meeting. And the reason why he's tired is because of our hearts behind the meetings. Because of our hearts. Our hearts are that we check. I've not, been in a, I've not been in church for a while. Check. I came last week. I've not been on a prayer line for a while. Check. I came last week. I've not been in a women's meeting for a while. Check. He says, I'm tired of such meetings, 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 and special meetings. I'm tired. But may we do it with our hearts that we will know him. And that he will know us. Because he says, in these things, he delights. This is the will of God. Put your hands together for the Lord. And stand to your feet. As we bring the service to a close. That we know him. That we know him. Oh, that we know him. Paul said, that I may know him. That I may know him. May we know God. May we have a hard desire to know him. A desire to know him. A hunger to know him. A thirst to know him. That God will take notice of us. He says our names will be inscribed in his palms. Let it be our hard desire. That our names are inscribed in his palms. Is everyone's name inscribed in his palms. Is everyone's name inscribed in his palms. 
if we come here Tuesday after Tuesday, Sunday after Sunday, as our name inscribed in his palms, oh Lord Jesus, we are grateful and thankful for your word. May the Lord know you. 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 May the Lord know us. Oh Jesus. May we not do anything in vain. Whether we clean your house, whether we sweep, whether we pray, whether we preach, whether we fast, when we attend your services, may it be that we know you. May it be that we know you. A hunger to know you. May it be your God. Our high desire is to know you. Let it be our heart to know you. May our heart chase after you, Jesus. May our heart chase after you. May we know you. May we hunger after you. May we desire you. May you be the only reason. The only reason for all that we do. He says, whether we eat or drink or whatever we do, do all to the glory of God. Oh, Jesus. I am waiting, I am waiting on Abide in me, I pray Oh yeah, I'm longing for Here I am longing, Lord, for you Lord, hide me in your love
lift up your hands and ask him. Come on, bring it me. Father, our ways have not pleased you. Our hearts have been turned away from you. But tonight, oh Jesus, take over. Tonight, let it be all about you. Tonight, let it be all about you. set you aside and we have neglected your ways. We have been all about our ways. It has been all about pleasing ourselves. Father, in our minds we thought we were doing things for you. But Lord, tonight your God, we repent and we say may all that we do be all about you. Whether we eat or drink or whatever that we do, may we do all to the glory of God. May we do all to know you. May we say of all that I may know you. Lord, you say in these things you delight. You say you delight in these things. When we do things with a heart to know you, when we do things with a purpose and a reason to know you, Lord, you say you delight in these things. We are thankful, Lord, and we are grateful. We pray, oh God, let it not be said amongst any of us here that I never knew you. Let it not be said amongst us that you never knew us. But Father, may you know us. May you acknowledge us. For all that we do, oh God, transform our hearts into knowing you and that you will know us. We thank you, Jesus. We are grateful tonight. In Jesus' name. If there's anyone here tonight, you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior. And you want to give your life to Jesus. You want to come before the Lord and give your life to Christ. You want to welcome Jesus Christ into your life. If that is your prayer tonight, wherever you are, just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. You want to give your life to Jesus. You want him to know you and acknowledge you. If that is your prayer, lift up your hand. Lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. Anyone here like that tonight? anyone here like that? You want to give your life to Jesus. Do not live here without receiving Jesus Christ as your Savior. Maybe you come here Sunday after Sunday, Tuesday after Tuesday but you know in your heart that Christ does not know you. 
you know the kind of life you are in that Jesus does not know you. If that is your prayer, if you feel like that, you want to welcome Jesus Christ into your life, just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. Anyone here like that? Why don't you all join me and say this after me? Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I was born in sin. Tonight, I acknowledge you as the Savior. I acknowledge you as the Son of God. I acknowledge you that you died for my sins. That you rose again on the third day. Lord Jesus, wash me with your blood. Cleanse me with your blood. Tonight, I welcome you into my life. I welcome you into my heart. Take control of my life. Lord Jesus, be my master. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Please write my name. Please write my name in the book of life. Please write my name in the Lamb's book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you clap for Jesus? We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.